Okay, good morning, Shabbat Tov. Today's daf is daf Chaf. Today's shir is for Rafur Shleima of Yitzhak Yerebe Miriam and Chai Chai Kabas Boba Michla. And it's, may they have a complete and speedy recovery. And it's also for Le'ilu Nishmas, Yochevet Chai Abbas Chaim Shmuel. May his Neshama have an Aliyah and may his memory be a blessing. Okay, so yesterday's daf continued with the discussion. Remember, we had a regarding Aishas Ochid Shalah Hayo That's a brother who's born um, a brother who's born after his older brother dies and his wife falls to Yibum. Now, everyone agreed how, how we came out in the Gemara. There were two ways of learning Rabbi Shimon's opinion, but the way that we came out in the Gemara is both Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanan agree that if the brother is the, the brother dies and his wife falls to Yibum and then the third brother is born, then and then the second brother does Yibum, the third brother would never be allowed to do Yibum to that wife. She's Aishas Ochiv Shalohoyobo However, if the second brother Shimon did Yibum and then the third brother Levi was born, According to Rabbi Shimon, he can do Yibum. And that is, we said, because when, he, when, when Levi is born, she is beheter. She's Ruvain's wife. Uh, she's Shimon's wife. She's never also, Levi's never been in the world when she was also to him. Because from when he was born, she was Shimon's wife. And therefore, he can do Yibum. If Shimon dies without children, he can do Yibum to her. So the, the Gemara, let's go from the fifth last line of Yud Tesam Udbeis, it says Yosef Ramanashe Barzvid, Kaime de Ravuna Ramanashe Barzvid was sitting before Ravuna, the Yosef Ka'amar, and he was saying my time at the Rabbi Shimon what's the reason behind Rabbi Shimon? So the Gemara says, bewildered, he says my time at the Rabbi Shimon, Ka'amar time it's as we just said in the Gemara higher up because when he's born he finds a beheter and he never, she was never ever ushered to him. Again, just unlike the case where everyone agrees in um, Yibum, um, um, everyone agrees that it's ushered, is where Levi, where Shruvain dies, and she falls, so his wife falls in Yibum, and then Levi is born, Ruvain's wife is ushered to Levi, because Levi wasn't alive when Ruvain died. That case, they all agree. There, she's she is osur to him, and therefore she will remain osur to ever, for, remain osur forever, unlike this scenario. So we know Rabbi Shimon's, but we know Rabbi Shimon's for that. As soon as she was born, when when Levi was born, she was heter because she was already married to Shimon. So it says, Elo, my time at Rabbonin. So the real question is, what's the Sephora for the Rabbonin? Who holds, even in that case, it's considered Aishas Ochiv Shalahoyo Bolomo, and it's Osir. So the Gemara answers, Oh my Pro, the says, He will take her for a wife and he will do Yibum. And he will do Yibum. Now, that, that word, Yibum, is telling us that the initial Yibum remains on her. I, once he's taken her as a wife, as we know, for basically all halachas, once he's done Yibum, she's done Yibum. And now she's a regular wife, but by the fact that the Torah refers to her after being taken as wife, as V'yivmah, the one who does Yibum, we see that she is still considered a Yavum from Ruvay. So even though now she's married to Shimon, and only now Levi's born, she still has the status as Ruvay's Yavum. So she, and then when Shimon dies, so now she has two Yibums on her, the Yibum of Ruvay and the Yibum of of, of uh, Shimon, but again, she's in regards, she is still considered Ruvain's Yibum, and therefore Levi would never be allowed to marry her. The Moshe says, This is what about the, the Mishnah which teaches us that if a man does Yibum, then she becomes his wife for all halachas. I'm not a Yibum anymore. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's now a wife. He divorces her with a get and he can remarry her. We should say she is still considered a Yibum 
because her original yibum from Ruben, from the first husband, is still on her. And she should have to do chalitza. There's actually two reasons hidden in this. One, in, in this bride, two questions. One is, the, the, the more obvious one from Al Gomorrah is that, if you're telling me that she's still considered a yavom, a yavoma, because, even though she's done yibum, then instead of getting a, having a get, she should have chalitza. And if you want, and, and the second one is, maybe you shouldn't even allow her to remarry. Again, if a man divorces his wife, he's allowed to remarry her. However, if he, this Yavoma, once he's divorced, she's still his Yavoma, it's like he's done Khalitza, she should be also to him forever. So he says, no, shiny husband, he shall take her to, as a wife. Once he's married her, once he's done Yibum to her, she's like his wife in all other halachas. Well then, so to hear regarding the halacha of um, once he marries her, it's 100% his wife. And then when the third brother is born, she shouldn't be viewed as Ruvain's Yavama. She should be viewed solely as Shimon's wife and Shimon's Yavama. She says, no, Holkos of Rachmana, Yivmo. The Torah says, Yivmo. So we have two. We have one that says, Velokho, implying that she becomes his wife. And on the other hand, we have the Apostle refers to as Yivmo. No, she's called his Yavam. Even though they've been married, he did Yibum uh, 10 years ago. She's still called his Yivmo. So we've got these, the one Apostle tells us to view her as a wife and the one Apostle tells us to view her as a Yavama. It says, so the Lord says, Ma rois. So which one, how do you know to learn which halacha from which one? So the Gemara answers, No, Mistavra, Shodi Yatera, Yatera, Shodi Isura, Asura. Join the heter to the heter and the isur to the isur. I.e., the heter is that we allow her to do, him to do yibum. So in that case, for all those halachas, she's treated as a regular wife. In the case of Aishas Ochiv, Shalahoyo Ba'olamo, when we're not going to let him get married to his brother's wife when he was only born after his brother died, we're going to extend that to to uh, to even the Yivmo, she's still considered his Yavam. So just in short, the Swara behind the Rabbonin is the Pasuk says the Torah says calls a man will take his sister in law as his wife, the Yivmo, and she will be his Yavam. I we see even once they're married there's still an aspect of Yavumin on her. So therefore, in our case of when you had Ruvain died, and then Shimon did Yibum, and then Levi's born, even though when Levi was born, she was Shimon's wife, she still has that remnant as a Yavam to Shimon. And therefore, and where is she a Yavam from? The older brother, Ruvain, and he was never, and Levi was never alive to never was never alive at the same time as Ruvain. Oh, Levi Shimon to Amar hold one matzah behetev alav amta alav b'shah achas beisur elamet arbet. Then wait, we're going to run into a little bit of trouble, according to Rabbi Shimon, who says if Levi is born. So again, you understand the case: the three brothers, Ruvain dies without children, Shimon dies yibum, and then Levi's born. She's in. When Levi's born, she's Shimon's wife. He doesn't learn this drosh of the Yivmo like the rabbis did. It says, What happens if you have his sister, his mother's, he has a sister from his mother and a brother from his father, and then a third brother was born. I'll come back and explain the case more carefully. And then he dies. Tis Yavim, Holovomotzabeheter. He should be allowed to do yibum to his sister from his mother's side because he found a beheter. Let's just say this case outside. It's not a. It's, it's a little bit tricky. So basically, if you have Moshe and Miriam married and had a son Ruvain, and Leah and Yaakov had a son, had a daughter Dina. Okay, so Moshe and Miriam had the son Ruvain, Leah and Yaakov, Mo, um, and then the two children from two totally different parents, Ruvain. And Dina get married. Then, for whatever reason, um, Ruvain's father, Moshe, marries his wife's Dina's mother. Okay, so the parents got divorced or died, and then they got married. So now they're they're not Ruvain and Dina are not related at all because they come from two completely different sisters. But then his father and her mother marry and have a son. Um, 
So, and then when Ruvain dies without children, his wife Dina falls to Levi, this third brother, but Levi is actually her maternal brother. So that's the case we're dealing with. And in that case, when Le- so when, according to Rebbe Shimon, when Levi was born, how was Dina related to Ruvain? As a wife. And granted it's his maternal sister, according to Rebbe Shimon, you look at, the, you look at her current status. Her current status is Shimon's wife. Sorry, her current status is Ruvain's wife. Therefore, Levi, um, yeah, therefore, Levi should be allowed to marry her. So Gemara says, no. Isur ozel. Levi, the Isur of his wife's, of his sister, where did that go? So Hachanami Isur Well, then you can say the same thing by Where did that Isur go? So the Gemara answers, no, he says, Hai Isur de Isleitera. The Isur of Achoiso, his sister, never ever disappears. We never find it's ever permitted. However, the Isur of Eishesach, your brother's wife, we know does disappear for you, for Yibum. So therefore we can say, so Rabbi Shimon can say, so too in this case, it disappears. So just in, in, in short, um, when you have two siblings, well, they, they two people from totally different parents. However, then their parents get married. So now they're not even half brother and sister because they're born from completely different parents. But the child born from the, when their father and mother get married is a half brother and half sister to each of them. It's actually Rav's family. We come across it now and then in Shas. Rav's family was like that. His, uh, his mother and father were from uh, his mother and he, his mother and father shared parents. They obviously weren't brother and sister, but they were born from two completely different relations and then they got married. Um, you know, two different marriages and then they got married. Okay, so in that scenario, um, we ask, according to Rebbe Shimon, Rebbe Shimon says, you look at the woman and her current status. So her current status is married to his brother. So he should be allowed to do Yibum. But on the other hand, she's his maternal half-sister, half-sister. So he should not... So, the, so he says, no, that Isra of, half, of being his half-sister never falls away, so he can't do Yibum to her. But once you're telling me that logic that it... that, it, that, the, that Isra never falls away, well then we should say the Isra of Aishas Ochiv never falls away. Again, this is all in Rabbi Shimon who's saying that this that Reuven's wife fell to Shimon and, and then he did Yibum and only, Le- and only then Levi was born. It's the same scenario. He was, you look at the world as he's born into. It's not Aishas Ochiv Shalom Yabalom, it's Aishas Shimon. But if you're telling me it doesn't fall away by his half-sister, it shouldn't fall away by his, uh, matern- uh, by, yeah, by his maternal half-sister, it also shouldn't fall away um, by Aishas Ochiv. So he says, no, we find in general, Rabbi Shimon can go lenient because we find in general Aishas Ochiv is lenient. Okay, let's go on to the new Mishnah. It says, Klal Omru B'yavoma. They said a general rule by Yavoma. Kol she Yisura Yisura Erva. Anytime she's also to him as an Erva. I, the first Mishnah, the first, the first, the 15 examples in the first Mishnah. Loi Choletes, Veloi Mitzyavemes. She doesn't do Chalitza or Yivum. She goes, she doesn't actually fall in Yivum. Isur Mitzvah, Isur Kedusha will define his term shortly. Choletes, Veloi Mitzyavemes. She has to do Chalitza, but not Yivum. The case of a sister who turns out to be uh, his Yavamto does Chalitza or Yibum. What's that? I don't know. The, I couldn't understand it from the line of the Mishnah, but luckily we have uh, Rashi who could explain it. Basically, if you have two sisters fall to one Yavam, but from two different brothers. So you have the three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain and Shimon married sisters, and then Ruvain and Shimon died. So their two wives, who are sisters, are falling to Levi and Yibum, but they're, they're sisters. So what do we say? We say Levi is not allowed to do Yibum to either of them because he's Pogba Ba'achos Zukukoso. It's like doing Yibum to his kind of wife sister. Remember we said 
um, yesh zika is a kind of marriage. We view the bond that she's bound to the yavam as they're kind of married, and therefore he's kind of married to the one sister, so he can't do yibum on the second sister, and he can't do yibum to the to the first sister because he's kind of married to the second. That's the z- the zika. That's if they kind of married. However, if one of those women, one of those sisters are osur to levi. Rashi gives an example. Let's say it's his daughter-in-law. She was, or she was married to Levi's son, and then they got divorced, and then she married Levi's brother. So now, even though when she falls to Yibum, it's his daughter-in-law falling to Yibum, so it's an erva, the other sister is free. I, I think what this is highlighting is by the Arayos, by the cases in the first 15 Mishnas, there isn't even a Zika created. It's as if Granted, generally, when a brother dies without children, there's a zikr created, and then he does yibum or chalitza. When it's an erva that's falling, it's not that she's falling to yibum. It's, there was, there's nothing ever. In our mind, she might be falling to yibum because her husband's dying without children, but in reality, there isn't even a zikr created. Okay, isu mitzvah. What are isu mitzvah? What do we mean by that? So he says, shniyas midivrei soifrim. Those are the secondary arayas that are also midrabonan. I, as we'll see in tomorrow's daf, I think it is, there's certain, we've had the 15 that are, the 15 arayos that are osadoraisa, and then we had another six which were a stricter level because your brother could never marry them. So we had basically 21 arayos that are osadoraisa. You're going to see over the page that there were certain arayos that the rabbis added to the list. If I remember correctly, like the grandmother and things like that, ones that you might get confused by, that are very close. Um, very close, but are still also midrabonon. So that's an isur mitzvah. And isur kedusha. What's the example of isur kedusha? Says amona lekoin gadol grusha v'chutz chalutza lekoin hedjot. For example, a coin gadol marrying a widow, a divorced woman, or a woman who had chalitza marrying a regular coin. Mamzeres on a similar Yisrael, a mamzer or a nesin marrying a Yisrael. I'll describe what a nesin is. Or bas Yisrael, a nesin or mamzer or bas Yisrael falling to a nesin or a mamzer. These are all negative commandments to marry. So Isul Kedusha is where there's a negative commandment in the Torah to marry. So, for example, there's a negative commandment for a man to ma- marry a mamzeres or a, or, a mam- or a woman, a regular Jewish woman, to marry a mamzer. That's a negative commandment. Or for a kohen to marry a divorced woman, there's a negative commandment. So those are Isul Kedusha. These negative commandments. Now, I'll explain how they work soon, but just a Nasin is in the times of Yeshua, there was one of the seven nations, the Chilim tricked Yeshua into accepting them as converts, but because they tricked him, etc., he made, uh, he made them basically second class citizens, and un- certain events unfolded, and there was an Isur for Jews to marry them. Discussion whether Isur or Isur Drabona, but became also for Jews to marry them. So Isur Mitzvah and Isur Kedusha have to do Chalitza and not Yibum. Rashi explains that there's three points you have to remember why these, there is a Zika, there is a connection, but there must still be, but you can't do Yibum, you have to do Chalitza. The first one is because with Chayvei Lavin, these negative commandments, Kiddushin does take effect. We've mentioned this a few times. If someone tries to do Kiddushin to one of the Arayas, someone tries to marry their sister, tries to marry their mother, tries to marry their daughter-in-law, Kiddushin does not take effect. They've done nothing. Besides, give away a valuable ring. Um, that's, uh, that, that's the question. That's, that's with Isu Koret. But with these that are just negative commandments, marriage does take effect. And therefore, um, they sh- therefore, Yibum would take effect if they did it. However, since it's a negative commandment for him to marry her, he's not allowed to do Yibum. So therefore, he has to do Chalitza. Oh, so, 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 so he can't do Yibum to her because it's a negative commandment for him to marry her. Also, why doesn't she go free? Because there is a Zika. Theoretically, a marriage could take effect. And therefore, he has to do Chalitza. So that's why these are negative commandments and these Usurei Terapponen, on a very high level, there could be a marriage. So Yibum could take effect. So you can't release her. She's not, he's not allowed to do Yibum because it's a negative commandment, but therefore he has to do Chalitza. She doesn't go free like the Arayos, where, as we said, there's not even a bond that they should get married. Okay, Klal Atuyemai. What's the Klal coming to include? We started off by saying there's a general principle that if it's Isu Erva, they have to do, you do neither Chalitza nor Yibum. 
So what we're adding to the Isr Eva, we've already mentioned 21 um, early on in the Masechta. It says, Omar Afram Bar Popola, oh, yeah, this would be focused on the 15th. Omar Afram Bar Popola, to exclude the co-wife of an islandist. Remember, the islandist does not fall in Yibum. That's a woman who never develops um, maturity. She never develops sign of a woman. But um, what's interesting about her, she's not also to the Yovum because she's one of the Arayas. She's not also because she's related to him. Um, she's not also because it's his uh, wife's sister, it's his daughter, it's his mother. She's not also to him for any of those reasons. Why is she also to him? Because the Torah says, by Yibum Asher Teleid, who can give birth. And the Ilonis is a woman who never developed spiritual, uh, physical maturity. She can never give birth. So now that the Ilonis is not allowed to fall in Yibum, because the Posik excludes her, do we view her as an as an erva and say her co-wife as well and according to Raphram it does include include the Tzorah like Rav Asi the Ikad Omri some had a slightly different way of learning the Klal calls she Isur Isur Erva who does Surah Tzorasa anyone who is an actual Isur Erva because they related that's where the Tzorah is included Holo Isur Isur Erva Tzorasa Lo the Tzorah is Lo Asura anyone who is not an Isur Erva is not also because they related related the Tzorah is not also Limuta Maim, what they're coming to exclude. Omara from Limuta Itzoros Islandis of the Loika Ravasi. He says it's coming to exclude the co wife of an islandist, unlike Ravasi. Okay, but either way, this cloud is coming to either include the co wife of an islandist or exclude a co wife of an islandist. But as I explained, why is an islandist different? I think that's the important point for us to focus on is because she's not Osir as a relative. She's not Osir as an erva. She's Osir because of a technical point in Yibum that it has to be a woman who can give birth. Okay, and then, then you have the question, okay, so do we view her co-wife the same as regular rise or not? Carrying on, Achoyse Shehiyah Vomto, so that was Achoyse Deman. Who's she the sister to? the Isur Mitzvah. Maybe she's the sister of a erva that is a Isur Drabonon. She's to him. Since Doraisa there could be Yibum, she has she's the sister of the woman who he has a zika to, so he should not be allowed to do married. Um, let me just see. So that's uh, that's why um, the shnir, um it can't be the shnios because then she would the, the one sister would not be also to the brother because it's do, on a dorais level it's only on a durabona level so they, the yibum theoretically would take effect and therefore you need a that that's why it would have to be someone who is a woman who is also to him as one of the arayos. Okay, now amai korile. Then we said isu mitzvah shniyos. What's referred to when we said in the Mishnah isu, mi, isu mitzvah? We're referring to what's called the shniyos, the arayos, the rabbanon. Says amai korile isu mitzvah. Why are they called isu mitzvah? So am rabbiya mitzvah lishmoa divrei chachomim because it's a mitzvah to listen to the words of the sages. And I said, oh, they call the isu mitzvah because it's a mitzvah to is, listen to the rabbis. Remember, why, why all of a sudden does Rebbe need to teach us? When we have other laws that are midrabonon, we don't call them Isur Mitzvah. It's forbidden. It's a forbidden mitzvah. Why over here by Yibum do we, does Rebbe choose this opportunity to teach us that there's a mitzvah to listen to the sages by calling it Isur Mitzvah? So the one answer suggested is that um, because here when you listen to the rabbis, you're actually cancelling the mitzvah of Yibum. So it's quite a strong, it's, it's highlighting the strength, the power that the rabbis have to, uh, um, that they can even cancel the mitzvah of Yibum. Because, for example, this woman, let's say, as I said, I remember, I think one of them is a grandmother. But, so the grandmother should fall in Yibum Doraisa, and the rabbis come along and say, no, she's a shneer, you do not do Yibum in this case. So they're cancelling a mitzvah. We see how strong their power is. And that's why Rebbe used this example to call it a Isur Mitzvah. Um, Isur Kedusha. 
What's an example of an Isr Kedusha? Salmana Lekain Godel, Grusha Bachalutza Lekain Hejet, etc. Vaimai Korila Isr Kedusha. Why is it called uh, Isr of Sanctity? These ones. It says, the Chsiv, as the Fosuk says, regarding the Kanim, Kedoshim Yu Leilohehem, they must be holy to their God. Right, so all these mitzvahs that are unique to Kanim are an aspect of Kedusha. Tanya Rabbi Yehuda Maklif. Rabbi Yehuda actually switched them around. He says, Isur mitzvah amon elokayin gadol grusha v'chalutza lekayin hejot v'amai kori isur mitzvah. He says, no, that when it says isur mitzvah in the, mitzvah, in the Mishnah, that's referring to the chayvei the people, the women who are and man who are prohibited to, to each other just as a negative commandment. Of a Maikorile Isu Mitzvah, the Ksiv, as it's written, Eileha Mitzvah. At the end of Sefer Vayikra, it says Eileha Mitzvah, etc. All this that you learned in Sefer Vayikra, which is about the Korbanos and the Kohanim, are Mitzvah. So that's, they are included in that. Ah, Isu Kedusha, what's Isu Kedusha? Shneos Midivrei Seferim. The secondary arayas from, that are only rabbinically also. Ava my korila isu kedusha. So Amrabaya kol hamakayim divrei chachomim nikra kodesh. Anyone who fulfills the words of the sages is called a kodosh, a holy person. Amalei rabba vachosha ainumakayim divrei chachomim kodoshud. Deloi mikri rosha nami lo mikri. So you're telling me, Rabba says to him, you're telling me someone who doesn't, someone who fulfills the words of the sages is called holy. Implying that if he doesn't fulfill the words of his sages, he's just not holy. He's fine, but he's not holy. He's a Rasha. Someone who doesn't listen to Chazal is a Rasha. So he says, El Omar Rava, rather Rava says, Kadesh Mutalach. Sanctify yourself with what is Mutar to you. There's uh, amazing uh, ideas expressed in the Rishonim, and one of them, the famous one is the Rambam, on Kedoshim you that you must be holy. When, you, when it's telling you to be holy, it's telling you there's certain things that are permitted to you, but you should sanctify yourself by distancing yourself from them. One of them being Isurei Durabonon and Arayos and things like that. Even though there are scenarios which are permitted, but there are times when even though it's permitted, you should take a step back and sanctify yourself by resisting them. The, the Ramban takes this a step further and he says it's, uh, um, it's what we call a, a manuval and Torah, someone who's repulsive in with the, with the go-ahead of the Torah. For example, someone who takes the most perfectly uh, shechted, highest level of uh, kashrus food, and then he eats way too much, and he eats in a disgusting way, and he eats too often. That's a manuval. He's a repulsive person, but he hasn't transgressed any surim in the Torah because he's, he's made sure the meat is kosher, it was shechted properly, it was shechted by shochet, it was Yerushalayim. He made sure all the food he had had the radhech shares on it, etc. He's careful with meat and milk, you know, so it's fine. But manuval, and so too with uh, our intimate relations. There's a way, there are things that are permitted, but it can still be done in a way that's not uh, appropriate. And that would be Kodesh Atzma Chobamutalach. Then we said, but let's just go back to our Mishnah's definition that the mitzvah is the Isurei Durabonim and the Kedusha is where it's where the man and woman are also to each other because of a negative commandment. But it's taught as a blanket statement that a widow is also to a Kohen Godel in Yibum. It's making no difference whether they had done both stages of marriage, consummated the marriage, and no difference whether they had not they had just done Isurin. He had just put a ring on her finger and said, We'll see now the difference. If you tell me it's from Nisuyin, it makes a lot of sense because it's a positive commandment and a negative command. There's a positive commandment for a coin Godel to only marry a virgin, and there's a negative commandment that he's not allowed to marry a widow. So therefore, if this woman's husband died and they were properly married, well then, the coin Godel has both. And a positive commandment does not push aside a positive, a negative and a positive commandment. We learned earlier on in the Masechta that a positive commandment pushes aside a negative commandment. But it can't push aside a positive and a negative commandment. So you can't say that Yibum, which is a positive commandment, pushes aside the, the negative commandment of don't marry a widow and the positive commandment of marry a virgin. It, it can't push aside both of those. So, But if all they did was a Rusin, the man just put a, the Kohen Godel had, the, the, the Kohen Godel's brother had just done the first stage of marriage by putting a ring on her finger, well then why can't the positive commandment of Yibum override the negative commandment of marrying an Almona?
And that's the question we're going to deal with um, for most of the rest of for the rest of today's daf. I think. The positive commandment should push aside of yibum should push aside the negative command. So Omar Abidul Amarav Omar the pasuk says, but also Yivimta Ashara, he should take the. Yevimto, his sister-in-law, up to the gate. Now this is, I'm going to read the Pasuk and just emphasize a few points because this is this Pasuk we're going to analyze carefully. So it says, If the man does not want to take her, he does not want to do Yibum, he takes his Yevoma, also Yevimta Hashara, and he takes his Yevoma up to the gate, up to the Beisden. Hashara always means Beisden. So it's unnecessary. It could have just said, also Hashara, and take her up to the Based in, why does it say, and take his Yavumta? El him to the eldest. Va'amra, and he says, oh, and she says, I will not uh, be with my Yavami. Okay? So the Pasuk says, It didn't have to say Yavimta because at the beginning of the Pasuk it says, where he does not want to take his Yavimta. So now I could just say her. Why does it emphasize? It says, Yavimta Yavama. It's to tell us that there's a time when there's a Yevama that he takes for chal- and he only does Chalitza but not Yibum. This would be the ones who are also to him for a negative commandment. I, the first part of the Pasuk is where he could have done Yibum but he doesn't want to so he does Chalitza. And then the second time it says Yevamta is to come along and say there's sometimes where he has to take a Yevama to do Chalitza even though he could never do Yibum, it would have been Osudoraisa because of Chai Velavim. Oh, I'm a Chai Krisus. Why don't we just say it's Chai Krisus? The ones that are for which we said go free. Maybe they have to do Chalitzas. It's not Amakra. If the man does not want to take her, take her. But if he did want to take her, he could do Yibum. Any woman who he could do Yibum to, he has to do Chalitza to. But any woman you could not do Yibumtu, he would not have to do Chalitza to. Well, we should say the same thing by these negative commandments. He's not allowed to do Yibum, so there shouldn't be Chalitza. Says no, Rabbi Rahmana Yivimta. The Torah included it with the extra word Yivimta. So now we've got now we now we're a little bit in stuck. You're telling me that the pasuk starts off loyach pots, telling me that only woman who there's Yibum to there is Chalitza to. Otherwise she goes free. So if someone's daughter, mother-in-law, all the fifteen fall to him in Yibum, she goes free without Yibum or Chalitza, because it says if he doesn't want to take her, ah, he could have taken her in Yibum, but he doesn't want to. And then it says Yivimta. To tell us, no, but there is a case, a negative commandment, where he, to tell us that he does not do Yibum, but he does Chalitza. He says, Umar is. So what do you see? Maybe it's the other way around. So Moses, Mistavrex, Chai No, it's logical to include Chai to say that something has to be one, has to be done. Why? Tofsi Bahu Kiddushin. Because Kiddushin does take effect. Chave Krisus, loy topsi Kiddushin. But by the Chave Krisus, Kiddushin does not take effect. Ay? By Chave Lavim, there is Kiddushin. So, Lokachas. Im loyach pots. Ha'ish Lokachas. If the man does not want to take her, there is that aspect by Chave Lavim. Because theoretically, Kiddushin is topsi. So this pasuk does apply in that scenario. Whereas, Bachayve Krisus, there isn't Lakachas. So that pasuk is not addressing Chayve Krisus, and therefore there would be no uh, Yibum or Chalitza. That's the drasha. Now we're going to challenge. So at the moment, where, or how have we learned? We've learned that actually there's an Isudor to take Yibum Bachayve Lavim, and, but you must, Doraisa, you must do Chalitza. Again, Isu Kores, that's the first line of the Mishnah and the first Mishnah of the Masechta, nothing, no Yibum or Chalitza. However, the Pasuk which teaches us about Chalitza includes a Yavama that you, that you would, a, a sister-in-law which you would not be allowed to do Yibum, but you would do Chalitza, again on a Dorai Salah. So Moshev Rava, Rava challenges, he says, Isu Mitzvah, Isu Kudoshu Ba'aleo Chalot, Lo Niftarot Sarasa, says by these women who are forbidden to him as a Isu Dorais, as a Isu Durabonon, or at the negative commandment, if he does Yibum to her, or he does Chalitza, her tzara, her co-op is exempt. Now the Isai Kadaita, Chayve Lavin Midoraisa La Chalitza Ramya Le Yibum Loi Ramya. If you're going to tell me that these women who are forbidden to him as a negative commandment, 
there's only chalitza, but there is not yibum, according to the Torah. If he's intimate with her, why does that exempt the tzara? There is no yibum. Remember, when two wives, when a man's married to two wives and then he drives without children, they both fall in yibum. You generally only do yibum or chalitza to one, and the other one is free. But if, the, if we're speaking about a girl who was also to him because of a negative commandment, there's no yibum. There is only chalitza, how we've learned. So doing yibum to her should not exempt the co-wife because it's not a real yibum. So, so what do we see? It can't be that it's also that doraisa there is no yibum. So it's not who moisted law, who mafarek law. Rava asked the question and he answered it. He says, let's start in Ketani. It's actually teaching two separate cases. The one case is bo'alel. It says, a'isu mitzvah, that's going on a isu drabonon. And that makes sense, because remember, according to, if the rabbis came along and said, this woman is forbidden to midrabonon, then to Orisa, she falls in yibum, and you should do yibum to Orisa. However, the rabbis came along and said, no, she's an error, you can't do yibum, but you can't let her go free, because to Orisa, she was supposed to do yibum, so you have to do chalitza. But that makes sense. Bo'oleho, she would exempt her co-wife because on a Doraisa level, she falls to yibum. And then the second case is Cholat's law, Aisu Kedusha. That's going on a negative commandment. He has to do chalitza. And then she would exempt her, her co-wife. But if he did yibum, it wouldn't count as anything. Okay, so just, just to refresh, just to get the main principle that, that these are built, built on. Um, at the moment, we've learned that a negative commandment, according to, was it Rav? Um, just, yeah, Rav holds that the Orisa, there's no Yibum, but there is Chalitza. I, that if a man with this Yavoma, a Kohen, to a divorced woman, does, uh, does Yibum to a divorced woman, it is nothing. It's not that he did Yibum, but he transgressed. It's, it's, not, it's not an act of Yibum. Because the Torah has excluded it from Yibum. He does have to do Chalitza to her, but it's not an act of Yibum. We also have to bear in the back of our mind that... Um, oh, well, let's wait till we get there. So that would be um, the where we're holding. So he says, Masiv Rava. Rava challenged us. He says, A man who has crushed testicles or a severed organ, um, or he was castrated by a person, an elderly man, either has to do chalitza or yibum. Now, it's a negative commandment for a psuadaka to marry a regular Jew. So, if the brother is one of these, then it would be a negative commandment for the yavama to do yibum. But it says, with any of these men, you can do chalitza or yibum. Now, Ketzad, if these men die, um, would their wives fall for Yibum? So he says, Noshim Vulahem Achim, just changing the order a little bit. And they have wives and they have brothers. Vaondu Achim for Osu Mamar. And the brothers did Mamar, Binashosehem, with the wives. Vinostu get Vicholtu, and then they give a get and do Khalitza. Masha Osu Osu, what's done is done. Vim Balu Konu. If they did Yibum, then they acquire them. Mesu Achim for Omdu Haim. It, so, so that's where the, the man who had one of these injuries was the one who died. Then their wives do fall in Yibum. And you can have Mamar, and if there's Mamar, remember Mamar is the Durabon and Kiddushin, so then there must be a Get, or if they do Chalitza or Yibum, that's all fine. It says, for What happens if the brothers died, and now the woman fall to one of these men with these injuries in Yibum? It says, for Asu. Um, and they if they do mamar ovnos get and then they give a get or they give a get or they do chalitza what's done is done if they do bia if they do yibum kanu they acquire them for osam lekaim mishum shenem but however they're not allowed to remain married mishum shenem daka uh, one of these these men, a psuadaka, someone with crushed testicles, etc., is not allowed to marry into the congregation. But if you're going to tell me that Doraisa, these negative commandments, 
do fall in Yibum, but do not, uh, do fall for Chalitza, but do not fall for Yibum. In Bolo Amaikana, why do they acquire them? Again, so just to bring out, it's a, it's a tricky bricer because it's bringing in a lot of information, but the point we're trying to bring out is very simple. You have this man who, let's say, Chas has crushed his testicles, he was injured and he's special. Now he's not, there's a negative commandment for him to marry uh, a regular Israelis. So what happens if a regular Elis falls to him in Yibum? The price says basically everything works. And if he did Yibum, Yibum takes effect. But that's very difficult based on what we learned with Rab, who says that if there's a negative commandment, there is no such thing as Yibum. He says, what do you mean then Yibum takes effect? It was, for all intents and purposes, he just committed um, one of the rights with Aishas Ach, his brother's wife. So how can you say, Konu, she becomes his wife through Bia? Ella um, Omarova, rather Rova says, Almona Lukain Goro Min Haerusin. So, yeah, so we stuck. Rab came along and said, Doraisa, there is no Yibum on these, but we see that the Rabbanon there is. Um, just to go back uh, to what we discussed the other day, the interesting question where sometimes you see that the Torah and science are in conflict with each other. There's a, there's a common question here. Absurdaka, it seems, is learned how to be any injury to the testicles. And one of them is, or someone who has one testicle. All of these are people who are mentioned in the Torah as cannot have children. Which, nowadays, we know that someone with one testicle can have children. Or similarly, if you would, if, let's, I mean, and they do this for men who, who are having fertility issues. You take a biopsy of the testicle. By taking a biopsy, you're making them uh, one of these uh, things. And then, according to Torah law, besides now they're not allowed to marry anyone, um, they wouldn't be able to have children. But, we, I mean, we know medically, firstly, they often can. And secondly, the biopsy is to actually cure them to have children. So the Gomorrah's view of it is very different. And a major ramification is, theoretically, if you know a man has one of these injuries, and he's married to a woman... Now, the marriage definitely takes effect, maybe married or before, or even if they did it uh, like transgressing the negative commandment, but the marriage does take effect. And then all of a sudden, this woman becomes pregnant and has children. According to Torah law, you would have to kind of say these children are mamzerim because he couldn't father them. So there we see a conflict in Torah and how do you resolve it? Okay, that's a whole uh, big discussion on Moshe Fanzi, but I just wanted to do, bring up this Suadaka, uh, much, much bigger issues than uh, killing Lars on Shabbos and marrying your cousin. There's some like very practical, very real issues when that where we have the Torah and our current medical knowledge seem at conf- uh, the, Gomorrah, the Talmud and the, our current medical knowledge uh, and how to deal with them is a big discussion. Okay, but now back to Al-Sugya. Um, yeah, that was a quite uh, divergent, but back to Al-Sugya. We, we're stuck. It can't be the Mishnah. We have a Brisa which teaches that a negative commandment can do Yibum and it takes effect. So he says, Elo, my rather, rather, rather says, Amona lekoin garu minay rusin nami asevaloisa suhu. You actually have to say that an Amona from a rusin, either been, she hasn't done beer, so she's not a, she is still a virgin, but there's still a negative, there's still a positive commandment as well, and that's why you can't say the positive commandment of yibum override the negative commandment because there's also a positive commandment. Why? It says, Kadoshim yu lelohem kohanim must be holy. I, how do they be holy? They careful with these marriages that the coins that the Torah says they're not allowed to. Oh, Mamzeris Unasin, Ma Iklamaima, what are you going to say about a Mamzeris Unasin? So he says, Ksiv, his Kadishtem. It says that they shall, that you shall be holy. All Jews have to be holy by guarding these uh, marriages. Oh, Ihachi, Kola Torah, Kula Nami, Osav, Loisa, Suhu, Dilsiv, his Kadishtem. Well, that, if you're learning like that, Vehiskadishtem is not is written by non-kosher animals. It's from this past week's parsha. Now you want to extend it and say, well, it's t- saying a positive commandment on all on uh, who you're forbidden to marry. Also, well, then extend it to the whole Torah. Every single mitzvah or every single negative commandment, at least, is has a positive commandment. Vehiskadishtem, you must be holy by keeping these mitzvahs. But once you learn like that, then how can you ever? Excuse me, how can you ever say, that a positive commandment pushes aside a negative commandment? You have to say that it's a gezeira, it's a rabbinic decree, that you're not allowed to do yibum to an almona from a rusin because you might come to do and from an almona to nisuyin. But then what are you going to say about a bamzeres unasin? 
As we said, they must do chalitza and not yibum, but we don't. What reason is there for exaira? It says, no, exaira b'mokom mitzvah, atu shaloi b'mokom mitzvah. There's exaira that you might come to. If you saw that this guy married, did yibum to a mamzer, to a mamzer, to a mamzeres, you're going to say, well, anyone's allowed to marry a mamzeres. It says, elomiato, aishas, now, yeah, Elomayato will based on this. Well, then you should say that a person can't do Yibum for his half brother from his father's side because he might do Yibum from a half brother from his mother's. Once he's doing Yibum on a half brother, he might do Yibum for another half brother. But remember, Yibum doesn't work with paternal, with maternal brothers. So that would be Isra Eshesah. Again, all these questions Rashi learns is, and we're going to come down to this basically, you're uprooting off. If you're going to make a Xerah, on, oh, you can't marry, you can't do Yibum to that woman because you might do it in a similar scenario, which is also, we're going to cancel the mitzvah of Yibum. You shouldn't be allowed to do Yibum to, um, um, to, your bro- to your regular brother from your father because you might come to do Yibum to a brother... For- to a wife of a brother from your mother. Oh, Yibum Benachla Tolia. So the Gemara says, No, Yibum Benachla Tolia Rachmona made Yoda. No, everyone knows that Yibum is connected to inheritance. And therefore, it's from your father's side. Oh, but then, You shouldn't be allowed to do Yibum on a woman who doesn't have children because you might come to do Yibum on your brother's wife who does have children, when he does have children. Oh, but Bonim Tolia Rachmona made Yoda. No, the Torah depended it. Yibum on whether you have children. So everyone knows that Yibum has to be only where the brother doesn't have children. You shouldn't be allowed to do do Yibum to your brother's wife even though you were alive at the same time because you might have a brother who was not at alive at the same time coming to do Yibum. No, the Torah clearly um, mentions that they've got to be living at the same time and therefore, everyone knows that if the brother was born after the first brother died, he doesn't do Yibum. We should take it a step further and say, no woman can do Yibum because you might come to do Yibum with an Eilonis. This is Loshchicha. Now, there's no reason for such a Xerah because it's very rare. And Mamzerus and Nisina Nami Loshchicha. There's also Mamzerus and Nisina also not common. So therefore, there's no reason for a Xerah to say that if... If a mamzer or an asin fall in yibum, mamzeres or asin fall in yibum, we sh- why should there be exaira and say you have to do chalitza and not yibum because you might come to marry them in a normal situation? They're not common. So where are we holding at the moment? This exaira doesn't make sense. You want to tell we should say that a kohen can't do um, yibum to aishes uh, ochid from a rusin because he might come to do yibum to Aishas Ochid Minan Nisuyed. Remember, we're saying a Kohen Godel is allowed, theoretically could do, um, to, to a woman who was a Rusin, he's not transgressing, um, he's not transgressing a positive commandment because she is still a virgin. There's only the negative commandment of widow and the positive commandment of yibum should override that. So he says, no, it's Xaira, he might then do yibum to a proper, a woman who was properly married. Then the Gomorrah says, but wait, if you're going to go along those lines, making a Xera of one woman because you might come to another woman, you have to tear up the parish of Yubum and say you only ever do Chalitza. Because if you're going to say, well, yeah, we actually said by Mamzeres and Asin, you're going to tell me he can't do Yubum to a Mamzeres because he might end up marrying a young uh, Mamzeres. Oh, I could do Yubum and she was a Mamzeres. I can marry that girl and she's a Mamzeres. Well, then you're going to run, oh, you can't do Yubum to an islanders. Because he might come to do Yibum, where, sorry, you can't do Yibum to any woman because he might come to do Yibum when she's an islandist, etc. He totally chucks the whole story of Yibum out the, out the window. Um, and therefore that can't be shut. Um, comes along, Tosas. Tosas is not happy with this way of learning. He says, there's no Havamina that the rabbis would come along and totally tear out the whole parish of Yibum. And therefore Tosas has a different way of explaining all these questions. But from Rashi, the question is, you're going to undo the whole of Yibum? And uh, therefore, there makes no sense to have such a gzaira, and therefore, we should also not have such a gzaira by a mamzeres and a sin, a mamzeres and a sinner. So, Elam, a rov gzaira, biri shoina ato biyashnia. No, it's a gzaira because of the first beer, and you might come to the second beer. I, you're right, we say, Asseb doichalasasseba yibum. And therefore, he could theoretically, this kohen godel could do yibum to a woman from a rusin. Or this kohen, this, uh, not from a rusin, that would be different. Um, this, he could do Yibum to a Mamzeres. 
He could do yibum to an asina. He could do yibum to any negative commandment because we say ase doichalasase. The ase pushes aside the negative commandment. However, he couldn't remain married to her because the second time he's with her is no positive. What's the positive commandment the second time to be with this woman? When he did yibum, when he was, um, when he had intercourse the first time for the mitzvah of yibum to acquire her through yibum, that's a mitzvah. That's a positive commandment yibum. But the second time there wouldn't be. So therefore, um, that's the reason. which teaches the same thing in If he does do beer to one of these people or who are a negative commandment to him, he acquires her with the first beer, but he's also to remain married to her because of beer Wait, what I've just said is nonsense. When you have a mitzvah and you have a positive commandment and a negative commandment in conflict with each other and you're able to fulfill both of them, that's good. And if not, then the ase pushes aside the loisase. So here you should say, rather do yibum, rather do chalitza where you can fulfill the positive and not the negative. So he's saying, actually, wait. I said that Doraisa, what Rav first said is Doraisa, the positive commandment pushes aside Yibum. There's a, just a Zaira because of the second time you want to be with her, that would transgress a negative commandment. The Rav says, wait, actually, it's not even permitted according to the Torah law. Because when does a positive push aside a negative commandment? And this is, we discussed it a little bit when we focused on that sukya. This is a very important principle. It's only where the mitzvahs are in conflict with each other that you can say a positive commandment pushes aside a negative commandment. But where the mitzvahs aren't in conflict with each other, like we don't say, once you're sitting in your sukkah, you're fulfilling a positive commandment, okay, you can eat, it can push aside a negative commandment of non-kosher. Or because you're doing the positive commandment of um, wearing tzitzis, your suit jacket can also have shakness because you're doing a positive commandment. Otherwise, I mean, the tassos in the sukkah and elsewhere ask this. But then, basically, at every moment in your life, you could uh, get away with any negative, just about any regular negative commandment because you've got tzitzis, you're uh, wearing twilling, you've got uh, bris milah, etc. You're always surrounded by mitzvahs. Bris milah, are you actually doing a positive commandment every moment of your life? Probably. So, every moment of your life, you're doing a positive commandment. So, it's only when they're in conflict, when you can only do one or the other. That's where we sat. And therefore, Rob wants to say, by Yibum, there's no positive commandment that pushes aside a negative commandment, because just do Chalitza. And then the Gemara answers, no, Meisiv, No, the Brasa say, if you do Yibum, you do acquire her. So there is Yibum. And therefore, Tiyufta, this is a rejection of the second answer. So we go back to our first answer of Robber. But interesting enough, so there is Yibum. If a, if a mamzeres falls to a man in Yibum, or, a ma, or, a, or she falls to a mamzeres, or a grusha to a kohen, God, to a kohen or a monolokohen, all these, there's a negative commandment. You, we do say, the positive commandment pushes aside the negative commandment. However, that only works for the, for the beer, that's to make her, to, to do Yibum. The second time, he couldn't remain married to her. Because the second time would be a negative commandment. And that's why there's exactly and all of these that you have to do chalitza and not yibum. Okay, we'll leave it there for today.